0: Hey, it's Konzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more, and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast.
1: A production of John Bald Baldface Truth.
0: What are you looking forward to this college football season? 503-417-7575. We'll dive into the Ducks and the Beavers... Where else is your mind? I'll tell you where I've been. Th- what I was thinking about on Sunday was the raw deal that Kenny Dillingham got at Arizona State. Came in first year head coach, brought a bunch of new players with him. We all knew the Herm Edwards thing was going on in the background. We all knew it could be uh, potentially problematic. Ray Anderson, the athletic director at Arizona State, informing his football coach that they would self-impose a bowl ban. Kenny Dillingham talking to reporters yesterday.
1: Oh, it's, it's not great, especially on a Tuesday for practice. But it is what it is. And like I told the guys, we we can't control it. Like think you can't control it. Not one person in the country feels bad for us. Matter of fact, more people are happy about it. Because like I said, people love to see other people down. People feed off of it. It's the world we live in. And if we allow people to feed off of this circumstance for us, then that's on us. And it's my job to uh, try to get our team and rally our team uh, behind each other to go compete and go work at the highest level.
0: Kenny Dillingham, I got to tell you, I do feel bad for Arizona State, especially the players who didn't do anything wrong. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. Hood Rabino runs a website called Devil's Digest. He has his finger on the pulse of Arizona State sports. He's popped on with us, been kind enough to give us some time. Hode, what, how is this going over in your territory?
2: Uh, thanks for having me. And John, um, yeah, as far as, you know, the the mood in 10 p.m., I mean, sure, emotions are still uh, pretty raw. I mean, this happening uh, only, only yesterday. I mean, you thought of a Friday news dump being bad, try a Sunday early morning one. Uh, that's uh, pro- probably uh, even a tad worse. But um, I think that when you look at just the here and now, Uh, Kenny Dillingham, who had his uh, scheduled weekly press conference today, was very happy with the level of resiliency that the team displayed overall. I mean, he expected a real bad uh, practice. He used a different word, which I won't use on radio. Uh, And uh, that uh, obviously did take place on Sunday when the news was just literally hours old, but uh, he really liked how the team bounced back. Starting quarterback, Jaden Rashada, had an outstanding session, according to Dillingham, uh, maybe one of his best sessions. In practices this month so uh it seems like arizona state is able to uh, bounce bounce back from uh the i would say blindsided uh, adverse news that they received and look i mean i'm realistic here i know that a cupcake cupcake game against southern utah is really not going to show you how great this team can be both mentally and just in pure x's and o's fashion we'll know a whole lot more uh, with games against oklahoma state Fresno State, and USC all taking place in the following weeks. But, uh, you know, right now everybody is uh, everybody is really trucking along, and Kenny Dillingham and, and the players, for that matter, were very, very pragmatic uh, with what they said uh, just hours after receiving that postseason bad news.
0: Hode, let me ask you, uh, the frustration level, is it being directed at Ray, Ray Anderson, the athletic director, at all? Because I look at him and I say, you know, this was his coach, Herm Edwards. This is ultimately mm-hmm. his call to self-impose or not self-impose. And if I'm a player on the roster, I'm, I'm pretty upset, and I, I want to know who I should be mad at. Uh, he, he becomes the guy to me.
2: 100%, John. And and I think uh, there's also a lot of anger uh, about university president uh, um, Dr. Michael Crow, who is Ray Anderson's boss, ultimately. Um, I think that Michael Crow, throughout the Bay investigation, made some really curious comments that uh, were really coddling uh, Ray Anderson, and by default also also coddling Herm Edwards, when those folks uh, definitely do not deserve any extra protection whatsoever. I mean, Michael Crowell is the one that made the statement that he really can't fault Herm Edwards because all his assistants were supposedly, supposedly just running rogue, uh, allegedly breaking one recruiting, by, recruiting rule after another, and Herm Edwards didn't know anything about that. And that's absolutely ridiculous to even utter that or even or even to imply that. But, uh, you know, I I have a column on on my front page of devilsdigest.com where I just called Ray Anderson, the athletic director at Arizona State, really being guilty of dereliction of duty. And specifically what I'm talking about, and I'll try to make this brief, in spring of 2022, um, Herb Edwards, understandably so, was absolutely fatigued from this Bay investigation, and the last two blows that he and the program received we're seeing both their offensive coordinator, Zach Hill, resigning at the very end of, of January 2022 due to the fact that there was enough of a paper trail during the investigation that really merited him and ASU parting ways. And not even a month later, is seeing his offensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator, uh, Antonio Pierce, somebody who uh, definitely was uh, the, the conductor, if you will, of a lot of these alleged recruiting violations that took place that really caused investigation to begin with uh, also uh, parting ways and he uh, was uh, is still is by the way the linebackers coach for the for the Las Vegas Raiders so Edwards told Anderson look I, I had enough I mean I'm I'm at I'm at the twilight of, of my career here anyway I really would like to resign and, and just call it is called a day and let and let let this program have a new head coach now Ray Anderson who really protected Herm Edwards from day one. And and as I said in my column, he really was a hire that reeked of nepotism. I mean, don't forget that Herm Edwards, while he was a head coach in the NFL, was a client of agent Ray Anderson. So Anderson did not accept his resignation, did not want to talk about that. But my bigger issue is over here is if you're seeing a 2022 season that is absolutely going nowhere fast, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and I'm not, not even... I haven't talked yet about the transfer portal just decimating uh, this roster. Why not take a self-imposed postseason ban right there, right then? You know yes. Herm Edwards is going to be there in 2023. Okay, you know you're going to have a new head coach in in 2023. Why not give that head coach as many, or I should say, I should say probably the least number of challenges possible, so they can really start on, on, on the right footing and. The fact that Ray Anderson did not do that, again, in light of Herm Edwards really wanting nothing to do with the program, checked out back in the spring of 2022, that is the most egregious issue over here. So what what does Ray Anderson do? He saddles Kenny Dillingham. Well, let's face it, had a laundry list of challenges to deal with ever since he got hired uh, Thanksgiving week of 2022. And now, four days before the season opener, you're settling him with the biggest challenge that that he's faced to date? I mean, that is just absolutely inexcusable, and that's why myself and I think the vast majority of the Sun Devil fan base have an issue with Ray Anderson. But, John, make no mistake about it. There are plenty of complaints uh, against President uh, Michael Crow, and, you know, let's not revisit the uh, fiasco of Arizona State almost not making the migration to the Big 12 because Michael Crow wanted to hold on to the Pac-12 to dear life.
0: Hode Rubino is our guest, covers Arizona State football, Doubles Digest, Hode, yeah, the, the football team itself. Some will say, mm-hmm. hey, this is a great season to take a bowl ban because this isn't a bowl team. But, you know, I, I don't like that. I agree with you. It should have been a year ago. But give me an idea. How good could this team be? What is the ceiling for Kenny Dillingham in year one when it comes to wins and losses?
2: Look, I, I look at the schedule. It, it's an eight-home eight, eight game schedule. I look at some game, look at some uh, games on the road against Cal, and maybe I even put in UCLA over there as games where I don't see ASU being uh, you know a two touchdown uh, two touchdown underdog. So when you look at the totality of all that, for ASU to win six games, I think that was a ceiling. I think that was a a feat that, that ASU could have achieved. And as we all know, if you win six games, you're both eligible and more likely you are gonna see some, some some postseason play. So yeah, I do agree with you, John. I mean, you can't really just make that you know blanket statement that that would make people feel good. Like, well, you know, if you can take a postseason ban, as well take it in the first in the first year of a, of a brand new head coach I never never had head coaching experience. That maybe we shouldn't expect that much from the program. But I mean, Kenny Dillingham and and you know him pretty well too, John. He's he's not a defeatist. I mean, he's not somebody that. Is really you know holding back on what he expects from himself and what he what he expects um, you know from, them, from his players. So I just feel that this postseason ban, this being deflating in terms of the optics, and this, this happening four days uh, before the season opener. Put put that all aside. This is an Arizona State team that did have a fair chance, some even say a good chance, to win six games and to be bowl eligible. So that's why having this uh, self-imposed postseason ban. Uh, is really, you know, quite uh, you know a shock to the system, and something that, that that is upsetting the fans, um, you know, quite a bit. I'll give Kenny Dillingham and his place for that matter, they handled themselves beautifully yesterday after practice when when they addressed the media. Uh, you you didn't hear a lot of no comments. You didn't you didn't see players sulking. You just seeing players say, look, we could control, what we could control, and now we're just going to make sure that we have the best season that we can have regardless of the fact that we're not going to go to a bowl game at the end of that year.
0: Jaden Rashada, at quarterback. Uh, you've seen some of him in scrimmage and practice. I've heard a lot about him. What, what what is what does he look like to you and you know what will he be this season? Yeah, I think
2: uh, Jaden Rashada, it is uh, ironic or my, my, some people might say that it's maybe not so ironic that he turned in his best uh, practice back then. Uh, when the when the team had their Camtana zona uh scrimmage back on August 12th, I believe it happened just minutes after Notre Dame transfer quarterback Drew Pine, somebody who I truly believe was the starting quarterback that Kenny Dillingham did have circled, uh, did go down with, uh, with with a hamstring injury, and Jaden Rashada 100% took advantage of that opportunity and then some, and ever since then really has been the hottest quarterback uh in in camp and uh was able to distance himself eventually from returning starter uh to trend Borgue. um you know what, what you're seeing is uh somebody who has uh, all the athletic measurements that that you want from a quarterback uh, and you know a lot of comparisons obviously made to jaden daniels who in 2019 was the first ever true freshman quarterback to start a season opener for asu and here we are four years later uh, in, the, in, the, in the same scenario, aside from the fact that Jaden Rashad is not the first ever to do that. But uh, you're looking at somebody who I believe is more physically mature than, than uh, Jaden Daniels was as a freshman and maybe also also mentally mature, and somebody that even though he could be the classic dual-threat quarterback, I think he does a good job uh, of, of going through his progressions. He, he has a cannon for uh, for an arm, and just each and every day in the August practices, has been making better and better decisions, and you're seeing the growth and you're seeing, seeing the maturity. And ever since he was named uh, the starting quarterback, you just really see that level of performance uh, kick, kick into a different level. Now, look, we don't know uh, how he's going to look uh, when, when uh, live bullets are flying. And going back to my earlier point, I don't think a game against FCS opponent in Southern Utah is really going to be any kind of experience you can glean much, much of. But let's put it this way. Jenna Rashada has a lot of a, a lot of toys uh, to, to play with. I think a, a running back group and a wide receiver group and definitely a tight end group that are all clear upgrades than, than what we saw in Tempe in 2022. So I feel that with the plethora and the complement of skill players that he has, I think Jenna Rashada can have a, a, a pretty darn good season. But as we all know, with a true freshman quarterback, it's really hard uh, to put um, true expectations on, on what, what he can actually see him deliver, but I know there's a lot of optimism when it comes to Jaden Rashada and the Sun Devil offense, for that matter.
0: This season's going to feel weird, and you know we can call it the swan song for the Pac-12, the last season of the Pac-12 as we know it, uh, the series finale. I don't know what people are going to call it, but um, it's going to feel different, and I think the different campuses have different outlooks. Oregon State may be playing with a chip on its shoulder, trying to prove something. Sure. Oregon may be going, eh, this season doesn't matter as much. You know, what we're really interested in is the long, you know, takeoff into the Big Ten. Where is Arizona State as it pertains to this season? The mentality that fans are thinking with, and media, and coaches, and players are thinking with this season?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I really can't say that I'm hearing uh, too much narrative about, oh, this is our last year uh, in, in the Pac 12. Oh, uh, you know, this is our last time going to Seattle or or, or to the Rose Bowl. Um, not ever, but probably for for a long, long time. Um, I, I really don't don't hear that much narrative. I think the narrative that really has taken over. Obviously, up until yesterday's news was just this, this being the first year of Kenny Dillingham and being the alumnus head coach. That definitely has been a breath of fresh air, a shot in the arm of for this program, and just uh, seeing the activate the valley. Uh, rally cry that beginning Dillingham uh, really enacted uh, from day one, and seeing and seeing a massive roster overhaul, seeing him I think doing a great job, utilizing that transfer portal uh, to to the best of his abilities, and seeing some clear cut upgrades almost at every every position of the team. I think this this really the sense of excitement is what was really spoken in T M P more more than just oh this is our, our last year in the Pac-12. You know, you know. Let's make sure we make we make it count. And maybe ASU is just in a different uh, a different boat uh, because they're still going to have their geographical rivals, University of Arizona, obviously, as well as Utah and in Colorado go with them to the Big Twelve. So maybe not as much of a drastic change as it is to other teams uh, in 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 the Pac twelve. But uh, yeah, I mean, I really really haven't heard um, you know a, a lot of a lot of talk about it. Um, you know, going back to an earlier point, I think fans. Uh, when you talk about conference realignment, we're just really mad about how University President Michael Crow handled and really mishandled almost uh, the, the whole situation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at least in Tempe, I really don't hear a lot of talk about, uh, you know, this being the last year in the Pac-12, and we want to make sure we go out with a blaze of glory, and maybe some of it is obviously uh, yesterday's news with, with the postseason ban that really puts a damper on the blaze of glory that uh, ASU may, maybe wanted to exit the conference. But, again, it's just really just about the excitement about the program, about uh, a roster that's seeing uh, over over 50 players being newcomers to the team. I mean, those are really the talking points in Tempe.
0: All right. Hode Rubino, Arizona State, uh, the Sun Devils. You can get them at devilsdigest.com. Good stuff from Hode. Uh, I want to ask you, what are you looking forward to this college football season? I'm looking forward to seeing Bo Nix on the field. And I think Oregon's going to go to Arizona State late in the year, and I think uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about Kenny Dillingham and Bo Nix and their relationship, and I will not be surprised if uh, Bo Nix puts puts six touchdown passes on Kenny Dillingham's defense. Uh, Oregon State, uh, you know, licking at the chops, but uh, not going to probably get a shot at Arizona State. So Arizona State's not really a threat to get to the conference title game. But where are you when it comes to this season? I want your phone calls, 503-417-7575. Let's go to Turk, who is called in from San Jose, California. Turk, what are you looking forward to?
1: Johnny Ballgame, my man. I'm looking forward to Thursday night, because there's not a big, lot of big Titans matching up on Saturday. But Florida at Utah. Utah's ranked 14th. Florida's not ranked. And, of course, I just watched Swamp Kings on ESPN Untold, which was awesome. So I got me fired up for the season. But I think that's a very interesting early-season game.
0: I'm going to be at that game. I'm interested in that game as well. Uh, Mostly from the standpoint of who's Utah going to be playing at quarterback, and I think you're right. Um, I think it's a little bit of a dicey game for the Utes. Uh, What else you got, Turk? What are you looking forward to besides Thursday?
1: Well, I mean, Saturday. I mean, everyone's talking about Western Carolina at Arkansas, right? I mean, how could you not? (laughs) I mean, talking about town. (laughs)
0: <laughs> nobody's talking about that game hey are you worried as an Arkansas fan are you worried that when the next round of of uh, you know basically the market consolidating that the next round will take aim at programs like Arkansas and go hey you're not bringing as much media value to the SEC as Alabama and Georgia and LSU you know you're out or you got to take less are you concerned at all that that's the next evolution of this
1: not not at all, because Arkansas doesn't have a pro team in any sport. So that's their pro football team is their, is their college program. So they're not going anywhere. And they're solid in the FCC in basketball, and they're solid in football. Then they take a nosedive, then they come back up. It's like the stock market, up and down, up and down. There go the Razorbacks. And that's how they are. And they're not going anywhere. They could still beat Mississippi Mississippi State, uh, Texas A&M and those teams. Vanderbilt, come on.
0: But that's what I'm worried. Uh, that's what I'm looking at when I look at the market, and I go, "All right, you're now seeing Florida State. Florida State is squabbling because Florida State says, hey, look, we bring 15 percent of the media value to the ACC's TV deal, but we only get seven percent of the payout.' That's why Florida State's unhappy in the ACC. Um, I think in the Big Ten conference, you're going to see programs like Michigan and Ohio State look over at Rutgers look over at uh, Indiana and Purdue, look over at Northwestern, and they're going to go, why are we sharing equally with you? We bring a lot more to the table. We're worth more. If you want to stay in this conference, you're going to have to take a reduced distribution. I do think in the SEC, uh, you know, I I have no doubt that the Arkansas fans support the program. I have no doubt that Arkansas can bring something in men's basketball. But I kind of wonder if the next – you know, the next evolution of consolidation is going to be not, hey, let's squeeze out another conference, but let's squeeze within the conferences and uh, figure out who belongs and who doesn't belong. And I wonder at that point if you've got our program like Arkansas in trouble. Steven, what are you looking forward to this college football season?
1: I'm looking forward to what the Pac-12 does to itself. And what I mean by that is can one of the teams really elevate itself to make, to, make it to the college football playoff? Because we've seen it before. Where the conference cannibalizes itself, and even last season USC had a chance to get to the playoff, lose to Utah. Now Caleb Williams gets hurt, but they lost to Utah in the Pac-12 title of the game. I want to see if there's a team in the Pac-12 that really elevates himself and you know becomes the elite team this one season. Because we all can agree the Pac-12 has a lot of hype around them. The quarterbacks are great in this conference. I want to see if one of these teams can really elevate themselves and
0: get to the College 12
1: Playoff. I'm very fascinated with that.
0: Keep an eye on that. I want your phone call. To- <laughs> I'll-